0: In five, four, three, two, one. Hey, everyone, welcome to episode 20 of the Moon Tea to podcast. Today, we don't have a guest, so you're stuck with me and Hugh today. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, it's been a while, so maybe, maybe we have some stuff to reflect about, chat about. Um, for those of you who care, where am I? Somewhere in Oregon. But yeah, check out my Airbnb um also we're gonna have the uh podcast like spotify and over other stuff format so we've been promising it for a while so hopefully by next week it's real that's it amazing amazing also have some wine (laughs) Nice. (laughs) so so it turns out trader joe's Three buck chuck has an organic version that's four dollars, so I tried it. Four buck chuck, Is it good? Yeah, uh, it's a little bit better than three buck chuck, but um, at one point, at one point in my life, I drank too much, so it's like, it's not, it's not like as enjoyable as it was when I was like twenty two. I think it's, I think it's fine wine. But I just like drank too much of it when I was younger. But yeah, the organic version I think is a little better than the other one. Amazing, <laughs> oh, amazing. What's up with you, Hugh? As... I have I have news.
1: I'll just you know you want to know the news? What's the update? Guess he's who... having a baby. Uh, no, only only. Only I am a, I got promoted to be a senior designer.
0: Hey. Bam, 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 bam.
1: Big time titles. Dude. Nothing changes, but Hey.
0: Dude, I <laughs> thought, I thought you were already like head of design. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't like... know.
1: I don't think it really counts of whatever you are. If you're the only designer at the company. <laughs> so I was <laughs> just a product designer, but we're now trying to grow a bit. So that's kind of nice.
0: Been a year nice. and a half and.
1: Hey, yeah, that's what I what, was gonna tell you.
0: <laughs> what did the what did that process look like?
1: Yeah, so it's actually kind of entertaining. Um so a few weeks ago, I texted my boss, which is the CEO, that uh, we text every now and then what's WhatsApp. I don't really have check-ins of them. Um and I was like, Yeah, hey Omar. I feel like I'm underperforming <laughs> in my role as a product manager and as a designer i'm not able to like support both functions and help bring on this other designer we were bringing on in belarus and so from there I was basically he received it really well <laughs> it could have gone anyway and he's like you yeah, know it makes a lot of sense you know let's let's take you off of being a product manager and um on to what you're saying because i was basically expressing to him you know we have a lot of product managers already a lot being two and we have a pro- head of product that's just joined and we're trying to hire for another product manager and so i was kind of like holding over that fort for a bit and i kind of was like yeah i think product manager track is fantastic i don't think i can give up um it, it seems like it's the most supported right now with like roles and function and people Mm -hmm. But the design track, there's no one in the design team except for me right now. And I just realized there just came a moment where I was like, I don't think it's a very good idea for me to be changing over to be (laughs) a PM. And, and so I was like, you know, it's probably for now, at least I think it's like my baby. I can't really give up my baby. And I was feeling all emotional. I was like, I, I I can't, I can't just Hmm. give it to somebody. I don't even know who they are. (laughs) You can't really train someone that quick. So long story short. Ish worked out well, well received. And he's like, you know, to be honest to you, I actually. I'm really excited for you to be, go back to full-time design and lead the design team again, because it's felt a bit kind of like an empty, a, like a slot that started to be missing. And I was like, oh, that was nice of you. So it worked out well <laughs> after who knows where it could have gone. If you text your boss, I feel like I'm underperforming.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, it seems like you two are vibing well. Like you can be really honest with him, and and he can just be there to listen. I feel like that's the that's the point of a good manager.
1: Yeah, I feel pretty lucky. That's one of the big things that you know when you when you think of a new role, right? Mm-hmm. And job hopping, a lot of people just think about salary, and so for me. I actually a very, very large thing is two part. Of course, you know, it's like culture fit of like what the company's doing, if you actually are interested, but two, Mm -hmm. it's also not just about the salary or money. It's about the team slash the manager who you're under and working with. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was extremely important, especially at a startup as small as this one that I joined that I was like, I am not, joining a company at a startup that it's like my whole livelihood on the line for you know possible whatever it is that you join startups for that are in their 20s. I'm not having leadership in the 20s. <laughs> like I do not care if it's the next Mark Zuckerberg, I do not care if it's Steve Jobs in his 20s, I I will not work <laughs> for people in their 20s right now. And so that was uh one of the biggest reasons why Armor he's in his 40s and leadership staff is all kind of in in that age range and I was like okay let's do it and and it's turned out well it was a year and six months later now crazy
0: wow the longest you've been at a job right so far
1: yeah yeah so I guess at Airbnb longest... you
0: were at you were in different roles kind of bouncing around within the company yeah but I quit two three times <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny yeah I remember I remember I think you you were like two or three months in you were uh doing like a recruiting coordinator role and then one day we were just sitting and you were just like it doesn't feel right like i quit
1: and then i I see you like
0: a week later and you're just like oh i'm still working at airbnb and i was like it was like such a it was a such a like sudden but just happened to work out for the experience that was serendipity at its finest that is that was actually a
1: crazy story and um, it was shall i share it uh, i can quickly share yeah it, i guess yeah, yeah what, so- what
0: uh take us back what month was it how are you feeling
1: i just graduated college i read steve jobs autobiography i said
0: nah elon musk is up there
1: all these techies let's go Mm, so San Francisco instead of Cali and then you know Corey with you then first job recruiting coordinator at Airbnb I did it for six months one of the coolest moments was yeah one of the coolest moments was like five months in so I'm calendaring Google calendaring for six to eight hours a day just recruiter interviews for the the development teams so you have like two culture fit interviews plus four developer interviews um, and you have to do six people per one, um, recruit, I guess, or, or, person interviewing. So bit of a, bit of a nightmare. But with that, there was one day though, the, the, the best thing I remember seeing <laughs> Brian Chesky, the CEO of Airbnb walking around with a group of like eight people and he'd give tours of 888 Brandon street in Soma, uh, San Francisco. And, yeah. there, and I'm at this computer and there's like the hallway door and, and this is the recruiting place. With the airstream, and I was watching, and I saw. Wait, I was like, "Wait, who is that? Is that really that's that's Elon Musk?" <laughs> and, and there, Elon Musk was like twenty feet away, and I was like, "Oh, cool! So he's getting a tour of the Airbnb HQ right now. That's cool." And I'm just that's a great. recruiting coordinator, just like <laughs> dragging things. But anyways, um, yeah, I definitely wasn't feeling too hot. I kind of I had like a cool um, team slash manager but I think the manager is you know on the younger side and I kind of just left without any support and I was too young and and immature I honestly be able to understand what it meant to be in the workforce and to like be proactive and to kind of not fight for yourself but to figure out how to grow on career path and so I started to become like a bit of a a muddle of emotion and, and kind of anxiety ridden and so I was like, I just can't, I just, I feel so upset and hurt and like in pain inside. Like this isn't hitting the spot, you know, like even though this is therapy. Um, and so then I told them, you know, you guys are great, but time to head out. And so on my last day, when I was just about to head out, I remember um, looking over at Vicky and Bicky is a recruiter and she Mm -hmm. and I had talked like once before maybe three months in and I had always known that she had worked at Apple back in the time when Steve Jobs was there and for me I was like the biggest Steve Jobs fanboy nerd uh, reading the autobiography still at that time Um, and I just went up to her at the end of the day and and I was going out and I was just like you know Vicki. It was such a pleasure. I really wish I could have gotten to know you more. Today's my last day. I never talked to you more than that one time, but you know, it was just always cool knowing that you're the first person that ever has met in person. One of the biggest inspirations of my life, (laughs) Steve Jobs. (laughs) And she was like, what? You're leaving? Today's your last day? Let's grab a meal.
0: (laughs) I was like, wait, what? (laughs) I was like, okay. Did you, sure. did you give it two weeks? Did you give notice, by the way? Yeah,
1: yeah, I gave two weeks. I gave it two weeks notice. Um, but usually when I give it two weeks, I only give it tell managers and I usually don't tell workers. I wasn't that close with most anyone. Um, so I was still trying to figure out how to do community and like talk with people and make friends. Um, but with that, Vicky was super nice and, and she's like, yeah, let's go. So Airbnb, of course, you know, we have a cafeteria downstairs. Go so we'll get lunch. And in line, it was just so funny. She's like asking me some questions. I was like, yeah, I did photo film. Was like hoping to explore that a bit more, do some freelance work. And this is why recruiting, coordinating didn't work out for me. Airbnb is great, but it just it just didn't work out for the role and I don't know where I'm going. But, and she's like, oh, and she, we're waiting in line and she looks forward and she's like, oh, hey, you see that guy? And two's down and I was like, oh yeah, I don't know who that is. She's just like, yeah, that's Hoon, Hoon. Hoon, and she he like she like waves him over. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, hey, hey, Vicky, He's like, yo. And she's like, yeah, this is Hugh, nice to meet you. Cool, cool, talk, talk, you know, and, and then went on his way. And then Vicky, when we went and sat down, she's like, you know who that was? That was Hoon. He's the manager for the film and photo team, looking for a digital archivist, and I'm helping recruit for that role. Wow. <laughs> Maybe you'd be interested in coming in next week <laughs> for an interview. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? So so that was my last day. And then I came back a week later for an interview. And so I'm on this side of, of 888 Brandon Street, and it's a big square on the third floor. And so I remember you'd walk up this stairwell. And so a week later, I had like left, everyone said goodbye. And instead of turning right, I turned left. And left goes to the film and photo team department. And then I had an interview and then like a week later I started as a digital archivist (laughs) and, and that was pretty entertaining. So then people in the hallway from the recruiting team were like, wait, wait, I thought you (laughs) left. And I was like, I did, I don't know how I'm back, but I'm back. So (laughs) it was a pretty entertaining. uh,
0: Was that a contract role? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Contract, contract role the whole time. Um, And I did it for about 10 months. So a digital archivist for anyone who's interested or wanting or kind of curious is in the photo team, you've got a photo repository or basically a place where people need to store film and photo assets that are distributed to any other team in the company. And so at Airbnb, we were using some legacy solutions and basically I sift through 400,000 plus photos and metadata tag, all of them to be like categorized and searchable and then create a new like quote-unquote architectural system for how the photos are are used with a different tool called by like orange logic or something so it was really fun i was the only guy and i didn't know what i was doing but it was really interesting and, but, and a whole different aspect of the word tedious because you have to do like taxonomy dictionaries and and build out like keyword structures and a lot of excel but it was fun
0: sweet Nice. Yes. and then did you quit that job
1: so that one came to a, a, a close. And, and that one where I was like, hey, Hoon, after 10 months, you know, I don't think this is cutting it for me. I don't think I'm going to be wanting to go into the career path of a digital archivist slash uh, damn admin, digital asset manager. And I was like, it probably is possibly time for me to head out. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't see any possibilities here. And he's like, oh, let's see. Let's figure this out. And so they ended up creating a role for me called a a product assistant, a production assistant. And so then I became a production assistant where there's the film team and you have a lot of producers. And producers need to source content, craft uh, videos. Videographers go to editing warehouses and get all of the stuff material sourced and so I ended up becoming an assistant and we had like a really big um that was when experiences were being launched in 2017 and we had to do like 13 countries worth of 300 videos and it was fun so that's I ended up as a prediction assistant I was at my job one of my job was I would get on a bike and I would have in my backpack a bunch of hard drives with video content and I would bike it in- a mile down Brandon street to a different warehouse, which we contracted with a, a video editing company, a studio. I would drop the, the digital, the hard drives there and they'd start editing it. And then once they're ready, they would get, call me and I would go pick them up and tr- bring them back. And so like, that was part of my job. It was really fun. I'd get a bike around the city, like a biker <laughs> boy.
0: <laughs> wow. That's fun. And then was it around that time where, where you moved out of San Francisco?
1: Yeah, I mean that that whole time, that's when I was living in. I think when was I living in Berkeley? So the first three months I was living in that like eight person, three bedroom. It was a ten person three bedroom home. Um, we had four people in a room. And then I believe I moved out to Berkeley after that. So like four months in, I went out to Berkeley and then I was there in Berkeley for 10 months. So throughout the the recruiting coordinator gig and the digital archivist gig, that was kind of when we were both in Berkeley. And then I moved back around a year, year and two months in to a 50 person, like adult dormitory in Soma, and then moved to mission with a group of eight into a five-bedroom two-bathroom place in mission (laughs) yeah it's funny
0: wow yeah that was so long ago dude
1: it's a blast from the past isn't it
0: yeah yeah i remember i remember moving to san francisco starry-eyed wanting to be in the startup ecosystem knowing very little about the technology world and I was I was reading TechCrunch and like Crunchbase and just being like, wow, this company raised funding. And yeah, it was like it was very fun to to read about and to when I when I went out there to like to like see a lot of things firsthand. Like when my my company was first at a co-working space when we were like twenty people and yeah, some of the other, some of the other companies there were, were uh, like, I remember, I remember walking to work, and, and I, like, was in the elevator with some guy, and I was, like, I was, like, what does your company do, and he was, like, oh, we're blah, 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 and it was, like, so much jargon I didn't understand, and he pauses, and he's just, like, it's, like, Spotify meets Uber, and I just nodded my head just to, like, just to be, like, like, I think, like, sure, whatever. I think I think that was a particular time where like anyone could have a startup about anything. So that, that That's was really that fun. was a lot of fun, yeah. And then it and then it turns out after like three or four months of being there, I was like, huh. I guess there's nothing particularly glamorous about here. Like I'm, I'm eating the same omelet for breakfast, and. Like nothing is like like I'm I'm still like going to an office. Uh, and yeah, it just I was just like, hmm. All right. And then and then at the same time I saw my CEO like who like has a really great resume doing I don't know, he would he would do like things that other people didn't want to do. Cause it would be like, oh we need uh we need uh, to get more sales and then he would like have to go and like talk to potential clients and also, and then it'd be like, Oh, this thing is broken. And then he would like have to go and try to fix that. But I was like, I was like, man, that's a hard job. Like, I don't know if I want to be a CEO. <laughs> like that was the first time I thought that.
1: Yes. CEOs are one of the most difficult jobs. I don't, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how CEOs do it. Yeah. So, so much responsibility. You, could do, you do every department basically a bit and then hopefully build out teams where people then do it way better than you. And you're expected to be able to raise funds and you have the whole employee base built off of you and your leadership and their fami- their families once you're you're at a <laughs> scale. Oh my God. You're like, okay, it sounds stressful.
0: And you need to, at the same time, you need to be like convincing everyone from all sides that that you're the right person for the job and that you're competent yeah. and that you have the right vision and you're better than anyone else who's tried it or is trying it Dude, seriously. So and like, and, yeah. and
1: then on top of that, you have to figure out your, your um like your balance sheet your what do you i forgot what the word is all the different um the equity profiles basically and disbursements you have to figure out the board you have to do usually your delaware c corp like talk about the policy just control oh my god
0: oh my god yeah but i guess i guess you that's why you have a team around you that's helping you figure out a lot of that stuff hopefully you have good lawyers and you have good operations people and Good engineers and, and all of that but yeah startups are really hard I mean I guess I guess like doing any like doing any really competitive thing can be really hard in its own way so maybe maybe if I'm like an investment banker the hard part is that I'm putting in so many hours and like sacrificing so much of my well-being in order to like have whatever exit opportunity or have whatever prestige and all that stuff whereas you know if i'm building a startup there's a lot more flexibility and a lot like a lot fewer in terms of like oh this is just copy what everyone else is doing but then you probably get a lot more of like of like am i doing the right thing maybe a lot of doubt i'm sure i'm sure all regular people have some form of uh imposter syndrome but but yeah I, i can't i can't imagine how hard that is when you're when you're building a company that maybe is doing something like a little different than what other others have tried um yeah, it's all hard. Can we just do easy stuff? Can we just like play the ukulele on an island and sing? I don't know, sing uh, kumbaya. Kumbaya. <laughs> yeah. There go. There's
1: you, you. You brought up an interesting thought in my head. Of you remember, you know Simon Sinek, right? Mm-hmm. The I'm curious of what your thoughts are. There's different terms that I hear at different companies, and there's some that use the verbiage the right to win you know and so when a lot of times like CEOs and companies are like we want to win and we want to be the, the dominant player but then Simon Sinek proposes the idea of the infinite game versus the finite game well he's not the one that came up with it but he kind of espouses it and yeah I was just wondering what your thoughts are versus uh, regarding working at any company is that something that you've noticed Kind of uh, might be the same or different at different companies with regards to how they perceive competition, feature growth, company growth,
0: the end vision, whatever that end goal is, or is it? Is there an end goal? Can you clarify the the distinction between an infinite game and what do you call a it? Finite Maybe, game. A finite game.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the way in which I describe, of course, uh, by from Simon and I didn't come up with it, was you know, like a baseball game, there are set rules and boundaries. There's outs here, there's fouls here, and it goes nine innings plus overtime if needed. And there's always an end. And so that's a finite game. And so people compete, compete, compete. And at the end, there's a winning outcome. In the infinite game mindset, there's the idea that if you're competing against another company, how do you really ever beat another company, right? Like, um, you could have better features but they might have another feature that's different than yours in one way or another like how do you rank or rate those types of things and so the one good story I, I heard of the infinite um, the infinite game mindset was Simon Sinek he sits in a cab at Uber or Lyft and next to him in the, the Lyft pool say was a an apple exec and he looked at the apple exec and this is back in the Zoom days and he's like wow look at was it microsoft microsoft's Zoom is so good it's way better than apples and then the exec mm-hmm. looks at him and without missing a beat goes i wouldn't be surprised and 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 for some reason there's something like mm-hmm. <laughs> simon kind of relates from that oh that's so interesting you know goes off and this exact blew my mind because instead of knowing exactly one from one what everything the competition was he was just so deeply in like into what he was creating that he was wanting to build the best product and even though it possibly wasn't and I had said it wasn't even the best product the Zune was better he just was so focused on creating the best thing that in the end they just keep iterating and while even if they're behind they may get ahead or something like that and they may become what Apple has become and I was like oh interesting so i didn't know how to explain the infinite game very well in more than a less than a sentence or a few sentences but that's
0: kind of the idea um yeah sure i mean that sounds that sounds fine with me i mean it's uh i think anytime anytime someone comes up with like a catchy a catchy phrase where it's like it's this or it's that it's just it's like yeah like the point that you're trying to make i think probably makes sense in a lot of scenarios and
1: yeah like i'm curious about your companies that you've worked at have you ever heard that type of lingo used by executive or c-suite or higher ups like either winning finitely or just infinitely continuing to improve improve
0: Yeah, I think most of the, most of the companies I've worked at don't, are not concerned about competitors, which, you know, Mm. makes sense by the time, by the time you've heard about it, or by the time that you can use that part of the product, then it's already been built. And so they're, they're probably already working on, on like next iterations. And so it's like, it's always best to work on your own thing and and iterate and hopefully build a really good thing um yeah i don't know i don't really have a hot take on on building good product i feel like it's just just like oh build something that people find useful and even Mm. even if it's a little bit worse than the than the next thing like even if if you're like better at one category and you're worse at nine things And like if it's a if it's a new thing then there will be a lot of people who want that like want your product because of that one feature it's like the the porsche take hand for example it has it has a worse range than the tesla model s It uses a bigger battery than the Model S. It doesn't have the full self-driving feature suite that the Tesla has. It also costs way more than the Tesla, but there are people that love it because it has a higher top speed, has really good handling, um, and it's, it's built like a Porsche. And there are some people that, that like, they're like, you know, it's fine if it has a range of 250 miles and has a slower zero to 60 time. And, you know, list goes on, but it's like, probably has higher build quality Porsche has been building cars for a very long time. I don't know. what I don't know when it was founded, but, um, I'm sure the, the interior is, the interior is like way higher quality than the model S, um, and like there's not even a supercharger network, but but yeah, like Bill Gates has one. I think he just like loves Porsches. Wow. So like they'll they'll send they'll sell like tons of them just because people like the cars and they're willing to pay 150 grand for like a like a really good one. And I, I think it's a I think it's Amazing. a totally fine car. Let's see.
1: Electric Porsche i looking i looked it up so porsche was founded in april 25th 1931 in stuttgart germany
0: cool so 90 years yeah oh
1: that's a really pretty car that's yeah yeah it's a share, beautiful car share screen that's it right the porsche yeah Taycan. yeah i've, Taycan I've or seen it. Taycan. Taycan.
0: um i think tycon tycon cool oh, yeah it's a beautiful a really car it's built really well. the The interior has really high quality leather and build quality and all that. Um, it uses two gears instead of one, which is how Porsche is able to get a higher top speed.
1: Oh, interesting. Oh, this is not the Model S, right? This is, is this a concept or
0: something? Oh uh, no, that's the it's, Model S. This isn't real. Yeah, that's real. That was that was. This is real. Yeah, that was that was released like two months ago. Oh,
1: that's that's sexy. And they
0: started they started delivering them like three weeks ago. Yeah, they have the they have the yoke steering wheel, and they have zero. Uh, they don't have any like windshield wiper or like any of those like. What are the what are those called? Yeah, they don't have any of those. No way. Like it, it. Guesses, it makes guesses about if you want to reverse or go forward, which I thought was so dangerous. But it, I guess it works. And then you can use the screen if you if you really want to change it.
1: That's really cool. Well,
0: I've never is that
1: actually allowed to have steering wheels that are not circular?
0: All right, I guess they <laughs> do it in cars. I guess you can, so. yeah, you can and see the one. top screen better now.
1: Hmm. Interesting, yeah, because the, the little I know about this whole competition scene of cars is I know that like so, Tesla also wanted to just remove side view mirrors, right? And that's not allowed because there's like an antiquated law that says you have to have side view mirrors, and so they can't. But I guess there's no law against the steering wheel, but I don't think I've ever seen a car on the road that's not an F1 that has non circular steering wheel this is blowing my mind
0: yeah i mean that's a that's a really that's this is the uh hundred thirty thousand dollar like zero to sixty in under two seconds car that's amazing the the normal the normal tesla only has some of these features got you but got you um wow yeah so I uh, I had a performance review like a pretty informal one and they asked the question like where where do you see yourself like what do you where do you see your career progressing like three years from now
1: (laughs) the worst question ever
0: (laughs) and I was like "Ah, all right I'll be honest whatever and I wrote, I wrote, I think like it, it'll be either of these three things probably. And then I said, the first is I'll continue to be working in the financial services world and getting better at my craft. The second is uh, I'm going to be doing graduate school and I might work and I might not go <laughs> on doing it. And then the third one is I'm going to take a pay cut and try to fight climate change. <laughs> I love it. So yeah, my uh my mentor messaged me and he said he said, "Hey, uh I think we're like whatever if you want to chat about it. Like I think we're mostly aligned. Um I'm not sure about I'm not sure if you can uh, address climate change from here, but <laughs> I was like, oh man, was I too honest? (laughs) Nah, you should be fine. Do you you have a good relationship?
1: How's your relationship with your manager?
0: I don't. So I don't really have a manager. Like, it's we we truly have a flat structure where like everyone builds things and fixes bugs, and we have mentors that are like kind of like twenty percent managers. So, yeah. So my mentor uh, has been helping me with pull request feedback and making sure I get context on certain features that I need to build. Um, but yeah, know, like like no one has a manager.
1: Do they? Do you, who, who hires then? Who talks about salary and negotiation? Uh,
0: I talk about. my. Yeah, so my first um yeah, so I had I had my interview was my first interview was with my my current mentor right now. Um and then when when he went over like oh this is what you're getting for your bonus and all that stuff, he like he was the one to tell me. And then we have we have kind of like a mentor's mentors who's like kind of runs the the uh like it's a it's a big team of like 100 people maybe but it's like not one person is not going to manage 100 people um so he's he's kind of like the mentor of of everyone else who is a mentor so like makes this tree of like informal managers interesting but yeah it's it's interesting i um i guess the benefit is i have a lot fewer meetings like i don't have weekly one-on-ones but then i mean i have some other meetings but like i probably have like two or three recurring meetings um and then the the other person who i thought could be a manager like he was a he was a manager at the company that got acquired by our company. Uh, I I like met up with him one time, and and we were sitting we were sitting on his porch, and he looks at me. And he's like, "Did you realize no one at Virtue has a manager?" <laughs> he's like, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh shit! I thought I thought you were you might have kind of been that person, <laughs> I guess not." um <laughs> good that sounds i don't know i feel like that
1: that's good and bad <laughs> do you feel like you like how does how does it make you how does career progression or, or how does mentorship work i guess you just have a mentor but then if you want to talk about like salary or title you go through hr or the mentor mentor like i'm a, a co-working mentor isn't someone you talk to about that type of stuff right
0: yeah I don't, honestly' Honestly, I, I'm I'm just like they can they can give me a raise if they want, and then if I if I feel like I I'm not getting a fair market value, then I'll just like who'd you let know? Like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'll let you know when I figure it out. Interesting. But That's just
1: like so curious. Wow. Huh. I
0: do. I, I mean, I I think I think it's all fair right now. So I'm not I'm not like vying for a whatever percentage raise but totally that makes sense yeah um but yeah
1: yeah. i don't know maybe managers aren't needed i don't know maybe that is a new thing maybe that's the way it should go maybe Huh.
0: i don't know i i think it's it's one of those things where if you have a really good manager then it could be really good and then if not then it's like that person would rather be in my situation Or if you're like, if you're someone who is really good at finding what's important to work on and you just do that, Hmm. um, which I'm, I'm like trying to get better at. Um, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. It's like no one, there's no like product manager that's like, oh, these are the, what we need to work on for the next two weeks. It's, it's more just like, Hey, go (laughs) <laughs> there's all these problems go look for them really okay
1: really do you, you don't even have like a priority queue like is someone is there any maintenance of a priority queue or something you pull off the top that's the highest yeah
0: necessary, well we have thing? yeah we have a we have we have sprints and then we meet every two weeks and <laughs> salud Oh, sorry. Yeah, (laughs) we have we have sprints and then we have a sprint board and we have JR tickets and stuff. So delightful. I don't know. Yeah, Michael. Tangent. (laughs) Tangent. (laughs) Have you ever
1: had soylent? Yeah, I have. (laughs) I just I was just thinking about it. (laughs) Not not just now. I was listening to you, of course. But um, the, the, for, I, I tried to live off soilent for about like four months in San Francisco when I was there. I lost ten pounds. Oh, I was great
0: vegetarianism! If your if yeah. your goal is was to was lose bad. ten pounds,
1: it's really bad. I'm already mm-hmm. like a skinny dude. Was so bad.
0: <laughs> I've uh I, I was drinking huel when I was in New York City. Just cause I was I was uh like cooking for myself and so I would drink Huel on those days where I didn't want to cook. What's Huel again? Huel is a silent competitor.
1: Oh interesting. Nice, nice.
0: Yeah. But good stuff. Yeah, I mean it works. It yeah, it works. It it is food.
1: <laughs> I remember i kept every morning i would make an omelette and then for lunch and dinner i would just i would I mean, didn't cook so i would drink toilet so bad
0: when you're in I, san francisco uh, at airbnb
1: no, this is like in uh well i guess i guess on the weekends what did i do i guess i was at airbnb the whole time right hmm i'm Hmm. No, you're right. I feel like, well, on the weekends I would eat a, eat an omelet Saturday, Sunday, and then just drink Soylent. <laughs> and then wow. I, I was, I was trying to save as much money as I could at the time. Cause I could barely break even to afford rent. And so I would, it's so bad, but that's why they do it. That's why they give you breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So I would get there for breakfast at like eight and then be there until six, six thirty to just get dinner as well. <laughs> so during the week I was like always at the office. Yeah. Yeah, it was a weird time. Weird time.
0: <laughs> Didn't yeah. come out with savings at all. <laughs> at all. I mean, it's hard to do out there. With the with the salaries that we were making. Yeah. Dude,
1: a bunk bed? A bunk bed cost me $12.50 a month. <laughs>
0: like,
1: That's great and like an eight person home it was, it was a, unreal the, the first place i ever stayed there i it cost me you know that um, the four eight nine ten i think ten people in a three-bedroom place and i was in a four two two bunk beds so four beds four people in one room i paid per month there a thousand dollars a
0: month <laughs> <laughs> wow four people in one room
1: yeah, for a thousand a month, I was in Soma, right in Mission. Um, I mean, that's a nice location, um, though. Yeah, it was it was quite nice. Uh, I didn't know anything at the time, uh, so I didn't have a bike or anything. So didn't make the most of it. But that was when you really at Corey, but then and then moved out to to Berlin. Like for a single bedroom, you could get a a single bedroom in a nicer, bigger house with people for a thousand a month or plus or minus. Like, okay, we'll do that for a bit
0: yeah i lived in a hostel that was a 20 minute walk when i was at koru oh really yeah i think i I think it was like 1100 or something for me something like that but it was it kind of sucked which I'm, i'm sure you can relate with like there it was it was just like one giant open space and there were like 30 beds or something
1: you're kidding 1100 a month that that makes sense
0: I just doesn't I'm not surprised
1: Not and
0: yeah I mean I didn't I didn't always sleep well and you have a lot of people that that come in for a conference or they or they come in because they're they're like looking for housing but then there will be times where I I come home and I just want to like cook and go to bed (laughs) So did they provide
1: a kitchen for you to cook in or? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But. Yeah,
0: that was, that was rough.
1: I feel like hostels are an optimal place to stay for a few days, not a week or so. And when traveling and then you get to meet everybody. But for you, when you're in a 30 person hostel and you're there for like a long period, one plus month. Did you find it actually nice in the sense of meeting people in need to be as a transplant to San Francisco or if you could do it again and did it again, would you have any other suggestions for anyone at that budget range of a thousand thousand two hundred a month
0: i didn't I didn't want to meet anyone because i was I was doing the the Coru thing um, and for those of you listening Koru is this like career boot camp thing that for recent college grads that i think they pivoted and now they have a service for for uh companies now to help with hiring but uh but yeah at the time it was like three weeks and you would show up every day and they would uh, like I, th- I think i think it was good i think it was fine awesome. it, yeah, was fun. it
1: was fun career development program for new grads
0: Um. But yeah, because because I did that during the day. I like didn't, I didn't want to meet anyone when I got home. That makes sense. So, that makes a lot of sense. so yeah, I would have loved to live in a studio apartment by myself. <laughs> that would have been great. What would that
1: cost? In, what would that cost like
0: three thousand five hundred a month or something.
1: <laughs> three thousand yeah. in San Francisco. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> what you couldn't afford that at the time. Come on.
0: <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, I think I made the best crazy place. I made the best decisions that I could at the time. I think I I might have loosened up a little bit because I was I was especially frugal back then. So I think if I I think if I could uh talk to John at age 22 or 23 i'll just give him a hug and be like hey you don't have to be so hard on yourself like go go eat a nice dinner once in a while or go uh i don't know yeah it's it's i'm i am i am glad that i was frugal when i was like 22 to mid-20s instead of like when i'm 40 years old because because i got laid off or whatever so better better to have when you're younger so that you can you can uh make things better for future you way better than the other way around where you know you're you're young and you're dumb and you're buying nice stuff and then and then you're like oh whatever my income was before is it's not there anymore or i lost my job or whatever so i'm glad i'm glad it was it was that way yeah yeah do you uh do you consider yourself frugal
1: Uh, especially in san francisco definitely i mean (laughs) when you're saying that it just makes so much sense of trying to just save money there on a salary that was not a developer salary. You <laughs> <New> grad <laughs> right. developers. Yeah, I remember sitting with some some recent college grads that were CS majors and and I, of course I wasn't. And they were working, you know, one is at like Snapchat, a few were at other dev tech startups and, you know, whatever in in the city. And I remember getting a meal with them and I was already like at that meal I was like, oh man, I have to get a meal, but sure. Like I haven't seen <laughs> these people in a long time. And then at the meal, they're talking and they're just, you know, they're just friends and they're just talking. But one of them goes and starts complaining. Like I didn't get a raise as much as I had hoped. Like I should have gotten so much more. I only got like a few thousand and now I'm only making like 110,000. And I was like, that was the first moment I went, wait, wait, what? In my head. I just looked at them, I was like you're complaining about making what have I? like how much do you, I did not expect or understand or realize people my age just out of college were able to make that much money and and I was hearing them complaining about it and that just kind of miffed me a bit but internally I was just like I'm not even close <laughs> to that <laughs> yeah that was the first moment I ever realized you know oh sometimes well, there's a lot of things that 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 moment made me realize. But one of them, it is like, man, I don't know. I, I, I get conflicted now of like, do what you love, do what you're passionate about, study those, or do a, a major that's actually pays well in the beginning. I don't know. Like, I was a media studies major, film photo. You can't make money. You can't even get close to that type of pay bracket. I'm like, one in a million do. I'm like, wow, I don't know
0: yeah hard that's one. tricky because i i would want it like if if someone like loves photography like i would love for that person to just like pursue his or her craft and kind of see where that goes and like maybe maybe you make like some kind of creative contribution to the world and i think i think there are ways like i think there are ways where you can you know you can be like do like wedding photography or you can like um work on commercials for for a company or you know you can do like there's tons of like videography stuff but yeah I feel like there is a point where you do have to think about business goals and not what whatever a creative person finds fulfilling yeah but it's like it's a huge privilege if if like let's say you love you love like doing finger painting, but then like it's a huge privilege if you can like do finger painting and like even if you're making something that isn't your first choice, but like because some client asked for it, like that's a huge privilege if someone's willing to pay for it. So yeah, I don't know. I think in general for a person who doesn't know what he or she wants to do, then hopefully if you have a, if you have a, a knack for like solving problems and stuff, and like, I think a career in tech is probably the best option for most people for like most young people, um, not to be ageist, but if you're, if you're older than us and want to do tech, don't, don't let, don't make it, don't let it stop you. Go do it. Don't let your dreams uh, be dreams. <laughs> just
1: do yeah. it just um, that
0: but yeah i think i think it is the best option for most people to do that whether you're doing like pm or data science or software development or or product designer yeah
1: uh, that's actually something i have not think about like if you're an artist and are not making enough money and Coding is. I do think there's a lot of tech industry abilities to possibly or uh, roles that can be a bit more creative and design side that are uh, pretty well paid compared to being. Like wedding photographers are great. Just getting that whole clientele built up and getting the portfolio and stuff is. Oh God, yeah. I just didn't try hard enough. I guess, but some people make it work. But I think. In the future in the next 10 20 25 years tech jobs that are super creative um and dev jobs that are super creative and pm jobs super creative uh, they're they're really 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 solid to go into and the thing that i always i, I always like this one quote again a bit of a jobs fanboy was there was an interview by him and he's like he's like who who is it that you hire and who are the people at apple that are with you on your quote-unquote pirate ship back in the day and he's like you know um they're all they're not developers they're not product managers they're not designers right they're artists videographers photographers basketball players and they've decided to go a path of, of joining Apple and going in these other routes, but they, um, are basically making money doing that passion just in a different way, right? Like they're, they're like funneling that creative energy in a different way, but come from those different backgrounds. And I thought that was like a really cool idea of like, oh, they're not a product designer. They are an artist if they're an artist, right? Like they're not a dev. They just find like, if you're a a community driven person and you want to throw social events maybe you'd be better as a product manager because you then can re-funnel that energy of creating social events into creating really cool products for people that improve their lives. You know, so it was just a really interesting way he contextualized the people and the coworkers that worked on products. And I was like, oh, that's cool.
0: I heard that he would interview people and he would just sit there and be like, have you ever been in love like, have, have you ever taken LSC? Uh, just, I'm not LSD? Just like there ask uh, in uh, you know this would, day and age, like totally inappropriate questions.
1: <laughs> you know, he washed feet in the toilet for most every keynote, right? Uh, what yeah, he, he, <laughs> yeah, he. Yeah, he only cares for a long time and, and stuff like that. I mean, he he is a very weird dude in many different ways, and had a lot of shots. So I'm not. I
0: don't know. It just, and he would, he, he, yeah. And he hated having a license plate. And so he would lease a new car every, I think you're allowed yeah. to have, you're allowed to have uh, not a license plate for like three months. So he would lease a new car every three months, but it was the same car. Yep. Not
1: surprised. Not surprised
0: uh, at all. Yeah. Can I also suggest the alternative route of, of, someone who has a a tech career and um tries to find meaning and fulfillment out of it um but on the side does a creative endeavor like make a podcast <laughs> so <laughs> um i don't know I'm is this, is this, is this creative do you think we're uh we're doing creative stuff here i feel like the conversation part is <laughs> Is just like it's just a conversation, but I don't know what do you think? I find I find
1: and referencing episode one. The reason I do this <laughs> today I was excited because I was like, episode 20, we're actually gonna just chat again. <laughs> it's been so long. <laughs> this is this is my way to hang out with you. It's kind of cathartic. <laughs> so I think I think it's creative
0: in its own. <laughs> we're being creative. Oh, i dude, think so dude, i think i know yeah go for it i think i think the way that we're like the way where i was like oh i found this random person on fiverr to do an intro and then we're mm-hmm. going to use part of that footage for the outro and and i'll just do this thing where i annotate the chapters because and then some people will be like oh like my sister will be like oh i'll, I'll see a video and I'll be like, okay, my brother's still alive. And then she'll like click on the chapter <laughs> that she cares about. Um, yeah. And it's, it's interesting. Like Eugene, uh, Eugene, one of our listeners, he, he calls me a few days ago. He's like, he's like, dude, you haven't been uploading recently. Cause we didn't upload this week.
1: <laughs> I That's a good <laughs> and I was
0: like, I was like, dude, the fans, the one or two fans are counting on us. <laughs> and yeah
1: i um we did record though
0: yeah yeah we have they're they're coming in the queue so by the time by the time you you hear this the other episodes will be released but i think i think there's a lot of creativity and like like you come up with the thumbnail and like you're drawing it and um and then we're both like oh like i'm gonna get my friend whatever on here and then we just try to like make everything work and kind of like promote it. It's just like, it's just this organic, like, let's see what you come up with. Let's see what I come up with. Oh, I saw my friend the other day. I'm like, or like, Hey, I haven't seen my friend in a few years. I'm just going to text him and be like, you want to be on my podcast, which I think, I think I will do. Um, so I, I do think there's it can be as creative or as not creative as we want, but then like by default, I think it is creative. Like, it doesn't feel like a job. It just feels like something I get to do.
1: Dude, I love it. So I think, like, to, to take off of that, and I know the the hour's coming up, but look at this, to, on the creative side of things. So to frame it, we we work and we enjoy our jobs in our respective ways, and we're creating this. This is the first thing I think I said it before, but it's the first thing I've ever actually consistently done as a side project for so long. Dude, we've made it half a year, if you think about it, like 20, 26 episodes. So we're almost at half a year right? per week. Um, Yeah, and so we're getting there. But then there's other people who do this. And let me, I uh, read this article from a friend who sent it to me. Um, So this is on Hacker News. And so it's, I currently have 10 fully remote engineering jobs. The bar is so low. Oversight is non-existent and everyone is forgiving for underperforming. I can post about four to eight weeks before a given job fires me. Currently, I'm working and making on about a $1.5 million run rate for compensation this year. And the interviewing process is so much faster today. It takes me two to three hours of total effort to land a new job with thousands to choose from and then you like re and he's like yeah 10 jobs and spend about an hour a day on them but i'm like huh this guy's working 10 jobs i don't know if i would want to do that this is a lot of money i think he's a data scientist or something like that but i just find it to be such a a fascinating
0: <laughs> different route <laughs> yeah i i saw that post it was so yeah i think it's i think it's facetious but, uh, yeah, there's a website. You think, I think it's, it was like, like, not real? You think it's fake? Dude, I don't know. Oh, actually, I don't know.
1: I'm assuming this is facetious. Oh, I guess that makes sense. Huh.
0: Ten seems like a lot. Like, like maybe yes. three or four. But hey, we're oh. we're newbies when it comes to having more than one job. But right? yeah, there's I a yeah. There's a website called I think overemployed.com, something like that. But it's a it's a forum, it's a community of people who try to have two jobs. And they'll leave questions with people that are like, How how do you do two meetings at once? And I'm just like, this is such a headache.
1: Yeah, this morning I did two meetings and I was like I'm thinking about this guy. That's why I kind of brought this one up because it was just top of my head. I couldn't, I couldn't be Hear my name on a question for a design thing I had to support, and then another one over here. And I was like, How did that guy do 10? like I'm sure there'd be like four or five going on at a time. Um, and like came up because I'm working at WeWork at, at a co working space every few days now. And there's a guy, and it's the first time I've ever seen somebody with three laptops in front of him. And I was like, Hey, man, I've got to ask, What are the three laptops for? And he's like, Oh, yeah, that's my personal, that's work one, and that's work two. And I was like, oh my God, this is real. <laughs> and then I, I came back to this guy. Like, oh my God, there's someone out with 10. And I was like, wow. Wait, he has
0: two jobs?
1: Yeah, the dude straight up has three laptops. He has one laptop, it's a personal MacBook Air. The other two are a MacBook Air, MacBook Pro. And one, he said, is a job and another job. And I was like, what do you do? And he was a, like a tech recruiter or something like that. So I was like, oh, maybe like tech recruiters can do that. I don't know.
0: It blew my mind. I've seen it in flesh. Wow! Yesterday, <laughs> I've I've only done two laptops, so that guy is a level ahead of me.
1: <laughs> but uh, I just thought that was a an interesting thing. I I would rather spend my time not working ten hours a day, even though I don't know, maybe a million dollars a year would be really nice, though. <laughs> I don't think I it's possible for me, but some people they I'd rather work on moontie. <laughs>
0: yeah if i made a million dollars a year i would i would quit after like three years and actually uh, actually i don't know because so much of it goes to taxes i don't know i don't want to think about it i know i know some of my coworkers do make that much but they're also they're also like 20 years older than me or like 15 years older than me so
1: that's something that i've been wanting to maybe in a future episode when we have uh, no guest on to to think and talk more as i because i'm just learning a bit more about like one finances like how does one even think about different ways of saving i don't really know much about roth IRAs our company doesn't do matching yet and stuff so i'm still figuring all of that out but two it's like what is the number you know like is the number four million at a six percent interest in an s&p 500 and then you just live off the interest rate at 200,000 a year, if you ever make that amount and then just go and cruise through life and then make more money on the side, but that's your nest egg. Or like, what's the strategy? What's like the base goal? Uh, if I ever make $4 million, that would be unreal. Right. But, um, I'm just one day, this is the end of this episode, I'm sure. But I think it's a really fun episode to talk about of like real
0: strategy and, and what are the possibilities? Yeah. Um, it's gonna be different for everyone. It depends on <laughs> what <laughs> depends on what you want. You being a generic like person, so uh, sure. I mean, we can talk about it. There's, I mean, there's a bunch of like blog posts on the internet and and like people on the internet writing about their experiences. But um, yeah, sure. We can we can talk about it next time there's there's a lot or of maybe like maybe parse through a good like blog that. or something
1: let's find like a blog post maybe and do what we did with that a few episodes ago where we read yeah I, it and I read about I, it
0: i read a really cool one yesterday that i can i can link to and you can read it if you want and or, or yeah. read it when when we do it but um um yeah uh yeah that's cool we'll see anything else nope Uh, should we, should we, I guess we should invite guests for next week. We'll, we'll discuss it later. All right, Hugh, go for it. All righties.
1: Everybody. Thank you again for tuning into another episode of the moon tea podcast episode 20. This is where we talk about craft community and building meaningful careers. Somehow John and I are making it through life and I hope you do too. (laughs) Anyways. We're going to talk to you next week. Bye.